0: Good evening, it's good to be here um, together tonight. If you want to go ahead and be opening up your Bibles to Genesis chapter 5, Genesis chapter 5, we're going to be starting there um, in in just a moment. Um, I'm super excited for this series that we're getting to start uh, tonight. The summer series uh, that we're calling Onward. Now normally I'd have it posted everywhere. Of hey, this is what our series looks like. But I posted it on Facebook enough and put it on Instagram enough, so maybe you've seen it. Me um, talking about Facebook is a great time to make a disclaimer. If you're not a part of the Facebook group uh, as as a parent or as a teenager, go join the Southgate Student Ministry Facebook uh, group, and that would be awesome. And you'll get all the information that you need. Uh, but that was just a quick plug, uh, and, and we're gonna get into our lesson tonight. Like I said, we're in Genesis chapter 5. I hope you're opened up there um, tonight. Now, here we are, and to start out an entire series in the beginning of Genesis, and specifically Genesis chapter 5 is a weird place to start, because in Genesis chapter 5, what you're seeing is you're seeing this long list of genealogies, right? It's it's so-and-so fathered so-and-so and then lived this many years. And then they fathered this person and then lived this many years. And it's a big family tree of of here's how the world is progressing. And it's honestly a, a very genuinely weird time, because what you're seeing is that people are living a very long time. They're living almost 1,000 years in most cases. No one ever got to 1,000 years, which which to me is pretty disappointing. Um, but people are living close to 1,000 years, and generally it's at least 800 years, at least. And, and you'll see anywhere from that range up to 969 years old. Um, and, and so I think this is one of the weird times because people would have children when they were young, you know, they'd be in their early 100s, and they would have their first child, and then they would go on to live, you know, another 700 years, and it was that type of atmosphere, and people would just live a really long time so these people would sit here and, and and I want you to imagine this you would have to know you would know your great 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 grandchildren uh, and you would see them walking around which is just not something that we imagine today and in reality um, I don't know if you would want to know your great 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 down the line grandchildren I think that would be like do I really want to know all these people there are hundreds of them now and I will not be able to keep track uh, but the thing is is you would know them when you were in your early years when you were like 300 years old old. Um, I I like to relate this when I'm thinking about this. And as I was studying this class, I was like, how can we make this Uh, seem a little bit more real for us. And I thought about immediately who was someone who was in our history who we really look up to. And my mind immediately went to George Washington. George Washington, great dude, founding father of the United States of America, first president, general who, you know, led the American army to defeat the British army. This guy, uh, absolute legend. None of us have ever personally met him because he died a very long time ago, um, and, and so George Washington is not alive. And as a matter of fact, when we think about George Washington, I would say we think like, man, George Washington lived forever ago. In those days, uh, you know, they were using leeches to, to solve medical issues, and, and they were lining up in lines and having non-rifled guns that would shoot at each other. And I'm in Connor's wheelhouse talking about history right now. Um, but they would sit there, and we're like, man, that, that is a long time ago. And to put this in perspective of what was happening, I want us to use verse 12 in Canaan as as and we're going to use this as an example of George Washington. I'm going to look at verse 12. It says here, Then Canaan had lived 70 years when Canaan had lived uh, 70 years, he fathered Mahelel Kenan lived after he fathered Mahalel 840 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the day were, days of Kenan were 910 years, and he died. So here's what we're going to do for just a minute. We're going to imagine George Washington as Kenan, and we're going to imagine ourselves living in that era for just a minute. All right, so first thing is first, George Washington didn't even live to 70 years old. Um, He died before he turned 70, but we're going to say he did. His first child would have been born in 1802 if he were Kenan, having a child at age 70. Now, here's the crazy part to me is that, okay, George Washington's first child would have been born in 1802. George Washington would be living until the year 2642 if he were Keenan. We're talking George Washington here, and we're talking 2642. That's like over 600 years off into the distance right now, and this is, this is the lifestyle that they were living. This guy who lives like such a feels like such a distant part of history, would still be alive, and he would only be 288 years into his 910-year-long lifespan. To put that in perspective, that's 32% of his life. Uh, if George Washington were living in the Genesis time, or if, if we were living in the Genesis time and George Washington was still alive, he would still have 622 years left, or 68% of his life. We're talking George Washington, founding father George Washington, in our current current day selves. In our minds, it's silly. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's hard. For me, it's hard to wrap my mind around. I just think it's a ridiculous idea, yet that was the reality of this time period. People were just living a really long time. I, we can't comprehend it. Yet in this time period, it was a normal thing. If you died at an earlier age, like if you died at the age for us, death is, is normal in your mid to late 70s on average. You know, people will look at me like, wow, they died young. They, they were just a, a young child. They, they still had 800 years left to live. It was kind of a, a crazy time, um, and they would mourn the passing of their young if it was in our world today. You have to imagine that for those people in that time period, life probably felt a life a lot different. Life probably didn't feel as short because it wasn't, but you have to imagine that those people will look at life as, uh, with a whole different perspective. Now, I'm, I won't get to it this year. I'm only 71. I, I still have a long, a lot of years to go. Y- you weren't really stressed out about dying until you hit like age 700, and then you had 100 years left, and it was a crazy time to be alive. The end of life probably wasn't something that was thought about. And you might be wondering right now, like, okay, we just started out with this discussion about George Washington and and how weird it would be if he were still alive today and still be living for like another six hundred something years. And you might be sitting there saying, why are we going to Genesis five to start out the series that we're calling Onward? Why walk through this crazy thing that was their long life? And it's because in this same group of people, there's an anomaly. There's someone who doesn't fit in. There's someone who they would have looked at and said, wow, that person is dying young. That person is only 30% through his life. He's not even going to live to 800 years because there's a guy named Enoch. Enoch. We see him born in in, in verse 18 of chapter 5, and and then we get the full story uh, of Enoch in verse 21 through 24. What we're going to do is let's read starting in verse 21. It says, I hope you have your Bibles open. It says, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Let we get to verse 24. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. I love what the New Living Translation, uh, how, how they put this passage. So I'm going to read it again and, and, and the way they have written it. It says, when Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God. I love how this, this translation puts verse 24. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. Enoch just up and disappears. You got to imagine living in this time period and, and suddenly Enoch's walking along and, and, and boom, disappeared out of thin air. He, he's gone. The, the word took in, in, in the original language in the phrase for God took him literally means uh, carried him away. So it's just this idea, hey, God carried him away. Boom, grabbed him, off he went, and I can almost imagine, and I know this probably wasn't what took place, but just like grabbing him, tossing him over the shoulder, and carrying him off uh, to heaven with him. This is what's taking place in this time period with Enoch. It's a weird situation. Now imagine being a person who's living there during this time and, and knowing Enoch. Everyone you know is living to be super old are your, your buddies and everything like this, if they're living their full lives, they're having these great long lives, and suddenly you know this guy Enoch, and he doesn't live a long life. You think about who Enoch was, his dad lived to be 962, his son is going to live to be 969. This guy is bred, he's, he's in the bloodline to live these lives that just extend for a very long time, almost a thousand years. Yet he's carried away By God and I've mentioned it earlier in the lesson tonight we start this series called onward and the reason we're starting the series called onward is is for a few reasons one it's it's I'm excited to look onward past where we've been in the last several months to move onward from this to see what the church is going to look like beyond the quarantine but also because we as people have a lot of things in our lives have a lot of things in our lives that we feel like we need to move onward from. Things in our lives that are struggles, places where we feel like we've messed up, things things where we look at it and say, man, that, that was a horrible moment in my life. I would really like to move onward. And there are a lot of people that we're going to study each Wednesday night, um, or Thursday night if it rains, uh, but each Wednesday night throughout this series where we can look at them and say, wow. They are a terrible person. Wow, they did a terrible thing. I'm excited to move onward. And there's a lot written about these people. But tonight we're going to look at this guy, Enoch, who has very little written about him. He has just a few verses. Yet he's one of the most spiritually minded people that we ever see in Scripture. This dude was so invested in God, God took him from the world without him dying. Enoch moved onward from the world, and that's what we're going to discuss tonight as we look at this idea of onward. We're going to look at this idea of moving onward uh, from the world tonight. I remember when I was a kid thinking about Enoch, and he, I was like, I remember my mom teaching me this lesson, like, Enoch walked with God, and then he took him. Enoch didn't die, and I was like, Enoch, personal hero, didn't die, want to be Enoch, and here I was at a young age. Um, I was like, he doesn't have to go through the pain of death. Like, there's no suffering. This guy has chosen the right path. I want to be Enoch, and I remember being that that young child um, who thought all those thoughts, and, and maybe you're sitting here in this room, as a young child, uh, thinking, man, I want to be Enoch, a life goal. Um, here's the thing, though, as I've gotten older and as you study this story, clearly young little Ben McGreevy did not understand death, but he also didn't understand who Enoch was. Because it's interesting that when you start studying Enoch and his lack of death, you really can capture how it tells our life about this or talks to our lives about this idea of of death. The beautiful thing about the story of Enoch is how we can take it and understand death a little bit better. There are a few things that I think we can look at, and I think there are a lot more, but I think there are a few things that we can look at right here in general that we can look at the life of Enoch and say, okay, this is something uh, that I can take and I can move onward from the world with it. So if you're taking notes, I don't know if you're a note taker, if you're taking notes, we're going to have three things that I think that we can take uh, from Enoch that, that, that we can hopefully apply to our lives as we look at this idea of moving onward from the world. And the first thing that I want us to look at um, is this idea of faith. One of the few places in Scripture, other places in Scripture that that talks about Enoch is is Hebrews chapter 11. So if you want to go ahead and be turning there, we're going to be there uh, for just a minute looking at a couple verses in Hebrews 11 because in reality it doesn't talk a lot about Enoch there either, uh, but it does talk um, some about him. This is the hall of faith and we're going to see all these people written about as these people who like, man, these people lived their life Fool of faith and he's going to be one of the first people mentioned in hebrews chapter 11, which I think most of it's chronological So that could be the point but I think that it's a great person to start out with Someone who's not talked about a lot in in the old testament, but someone who we can sit here and look at As uh as a guy to be a role model and they're going to bring him up in hebrews chapter 11 as this person of faith We're going to start in verse 5 because that's where we start talking about enoch um by faith enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. Like I said, role model. And he was not found. Why? Because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was what? He's com- he was commended as having pleased God. And so we're looking at this guy Enoch and we're looking at his life and we're sitting here saying, okay, how can I move onward from the world? How can I get past it like Enoch did in a way, even though we're not going to be taken up? What can I do? Hebrews 11 says Enoch was full of faith. It it, it even brings up this idea that he pleased God. He was commended uh, in here is this idea of praise. So people praised him for praise for uh for pleasing god he was he was his persona who he was was this person that just pleased god he was someone who had faith. But notice what this passage is going to say is key to this. And I think a lot of times we just go to this verse and read it and, and don't take into the context that it's talking about Enoch. But we get to verse uh, 6, and it says, what? And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must what, believe that he exists, and that he does what? He rewards those who seek him. So when we sit here and read this verse, well, without faith, it's impossible to please him. What does this idea of pleasing God look like? It's this idea of of Enoch, this guy who God was so pleased with that God took him out of life and said, you know what? I'm going to take you and, and you're not going to face death at any point on this earth. And he says in this passage, hey, what does this mean, though? If you want to, if you want to be um, someone who's going to move onward from this world, it's going to take faith. Uh, his faith is this full idea that he wanted to please God. He had this total faith in God. So if I'm someone who says, okay, in my life, I want to move onward from this earth one day, what's it going to take? We have to look at ourselves and say, it's going to take me having this dedicated faith. A faith that has decided no matter what I'm going to do, I'm going to be dedicated to it. One that's commendable, one that's praiseable, where, where people look at it and say, man, that is a person of faith. And the other cool thing is that I think we can see what develops that faith when we read, and, and we're not going to go back and read it, but, but it says Enoch walked with God. It even says it um, in Genesis where he says Enoch walked with God and he was not. I want to ask you guys. Have you ever used in the phrase, let's take a walk? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Um, I don't often use the phrase, let's take a walk, but I can assure you when I do use the phrase, uh, let's take a walk, it's to have a conversation with somebody. Um, as as much as I would love to say I enjoy walking for exercise, if I ever look at Amelia and say, let's take a walk, um, which normally she looks at me and says, let's walk. But if I were to ever look at Amelia and say, let's take a walk, this is not a situation where I'm sitting here trying to say, yeah, yeah, yeah let's, let's go take a walk to work out, like, for you know, if I'm going to work out. I'm going to run if I'm going to say let's take a walk. It's why because I want to sit there and I want to have a conversation with Amelia. If I look at anyone and I say let's take a walk. What's it for it so I can build this relationship with you even if I'm not intending on it. If I were to walk with you right now we were to walk from here all the way down to the church building down there. You know what if we were to sit there and chat we would be forming a relationship. Now, it would have been a short walk, so we wouldn't form a deep relationship, but as we continue to walk with other people, if we were to walk with them every single day, we would form this deep relationship with them. When I was in high school, one of my best friends uh, in in the world, um, he and I, I I went to this new school, uh, got started there, and in PE class or PE teacher said, all right, for the first 20 minutes of PE, you're walking. And so I just started walking around the gym over and over again every single day. And this guy and I found each other. And for a full year, every single day while we walked, we had conversations. And he and I are close friends to this day. And it started by walking around in circles at PE, talking with each other. I, I rarely ever would look at someone and say, let's take a walk if I don't want to take a walk with, or if I don't want to talk with you. In 2006, um, uh. The Walt Disney Company was in the middle of trying to acquire Pixar Animation Studios. Now, if you know Pixar, you love Pixar, right? You love Toy Story, you love The Incredibles, you love. Um, I'm trying to think of Pixar movies now on the spot. Uh, there are a lot of great Pixar movies, that, Finding Nemo, these type of things. And, and what was happening during this time, and, and I know that a lot of you don't care about this, but what was happening during this time is that Walt Disney Animation Studios were failing badly, dud after dud after dud. And the CEO of the Disney company got fired because he was pathetic at the time. He was, he was fizzling out. And they hired a new guy. And this guy came in and said, you know what I want to do? His name was Bob Iger. He said, I want to buy Pixar. They had the distribution rights for Pixar, but he said, no, no, no. We need our animation studios to get better. So he called up Steve Jobs, the, the owner of Pixar, and said, you know what? I want to buy your company. And, and, and Steve Jobs uh, said, all right, let's talk through it. They negotiated, and they came to a conclusion. And on the day that they were about to announce the deal that was over $7 billion, this huge acquisition of a company, Steve Jobs came up to Bob Iger and said, hey, let's take a walk. And there they were on the grounds of Pixar Animation Studios, where all your favorite movies are made. They're 35 minutes before they're about to make this huge $7 billion announcement. Steve Jobs comes up to another CEO and says, let's take a walk. Fun fact, in that moment, it wasn't just for exercise. It wasn't a casual walk because what Steve Jobs wanted to do in that moment was take Bob Iger on a walk to build a relationship with him. And he told him something that he had only told his wife, that his cancer had returned and he didn't have a long time to live. And he said, hey, you don't have to buy this company if you don't want it. Because they knew that Steve Jobs played a huge role in making Pixar what it was. See, in that moment, they said, he said, let's take a walk, not because it was a casual thing 35 minutes before a huge announcement, but because he said, we need to build our relationship so you know what you're getting into when you buy this company. And of course, Disney ended up buying Pixar, and we got lots of great other movies. But when you're walking with somebody... It's almost always going to spur on some sort of relationship. You're going to have that conversation. And so when we read this passage and we read this phrase, Enoch walked with God, I don't know if we fully grasp the meaning. I know for a fact little young Ben McGreevy who had Enoch as a life goal certainly didn't grasp the meaning of what it meant to walk with God. I certainly didn't grasp the idea of what it meant to constantly walk with God daily. See, we so badly want to move onward from this life on earth, to move onward from this, these places, to move onward from what we might think is miserable, but even to just say, hey, we know heaven's going to be great. We're ready to move onward from it, yet we have a really hard time grasping what it means to walk with God in the same way Enoch did. See, when Enoch walked with God, it was, it was not just a casual walk. It was this relationship-forming adventure. Enoch would listen to what God says. A walk with God means that you're constantly living your life listening to what God is talking about through the scriptures and, and through the Holy Spirit. This idea of walking with God meant that everything Enoch did was walking with God. Everything Enoch did meant that he was doing it with God on his mind. It was, God was his, his front and center focus. He was in a walk with God Constantly. So it brings up a challenging question for us. If I'm going to walk with God, is there anything that I need to give up in order to walk with God on a deeper level? Is there anything in my life that I look at right now and say, man, if I want to walk with God to the fullness of what Enoch did, to where he was moving on from this world where God took him, is there anything that I need to give up and say, man, I can't have that in my life. I can assure you that Enoch, walking with God, chose not to walk with the world in any way. If you looked at his life, there was, there was probably not uh, a lot of thoughts other than God in his head. His foremost conversation and his foremost thought was most likely the power and the glory of God. For Enoch, God was everything. It's what this walk with God meant. It says in Hebrews 11 that that Enoch pleased God and walking with God. And it said he walked with God in Genesis chapter 5. And it brings up this other question of, would God look at me and be pleased in the same way he was pleased with Enoch? Would God look at my life and be able to say, yes, I'm pleased with who you are. I'm pleased with the way you're living. You're absolutely walking by my side. When I look at you, the definition of who you are is, is clearly walking with me. Are you look at me and say, "Yeah, I, I see you." You know, you'll, you'll have a conversation with me. We'll we'll walk down from the shelter to the church building. We'll walk together a, a, a few times a week, but you're not walking with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll you'll have a few conversations with, with me, but in reality, you're walking with that sport that you play. That, that's the real walk that you're taking right now. You're, you're walking in a way so that, that uh, and, and even in the, when you're playing that sport, it, it, you're not acting like you're even trying to walk with me. You, you might walk with me every once in a while, but in reality, you're walking with those school activities that, that take up a lot more time than I do and, and those school activities that make you not reflect me. Yeah, yeah, you might walk with me a few times a week, but your daily walk is walking with those friends who make you care less and less about me by the minute you're with them. Yeah, you're walking with that, that boyfriend or, or, or girlfriend who doesn't lead you closer to me. Maybe you're walking in that marriage that's not even close to focused on me. And I look at this, this guy, Enoch who people knew that God was pleased with him by the way he lived his life. And I wonder, would God be pleased in the way I'm walking with him? Would he be able to look at us and say, you're walking with me. You're dedicated to me. And That brings us to our last point, this idea of dedication, which is very similar to walking, but in, in a, a slightly different way. Um, the interesting thing about this word dedication and why it means something is because when you look at what the name Enoch means, the name Enoch actually means dedication, which is is uh, spot on for who he was as a servant of God. Um, for him, walking with God was this determined desire of his heart, his deepest desire was to serve God, to be dedicated to God. And we asked if God would be pleased with us if he looked at us right now. And the next question of that, as we sit here and look at this idea of dedication, sorry, I struggle sometimes with my words, uh, this idea of dedication is, do we actually want the Lord to be pleased with us? Is our heart in a place where we say, yeah, I want the Lord to be pleased with me over all else? Do I have that deep desire, that deep desire to have that dedication to serve the Lord, to care if we're walking with God? And we think about this idea of walking with God as this full dedication, no matter what's going on in our life. If we want to to move onward from this earth, it's going to take living this beautiful idea of dedication and as we look at this idea of, uh, as onward from life, it's very easy to sit here uh, and be a young Ben and say, wow, 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 when I want to move onward from life, I just want to be taken out of it. it. It would be really cool to not die. It would be really cool to move onward from life. As an adult, it's easy to sit there and say, yep, I understand that one day I'm going to die. And, you know, frankly, I feel like I'm ready. I'm ready to die and move onward. And thankfully for us, when we move onward from life, we get this beautiful thing of going to heaven. We talked about all these things that we say, okay, you know, Enoch walked with God and that was probably his only thought and things, and things of that nature. But what we're going to find is we're going to see a lot of other people in Scripture over the next uh, however many weeks are left in the summer. Um, we're going to see a lot of, picture of people in Scripture who don't necessarily have their entirety of their life dedicated and yet there's still going to be people who are going to make it to heaven based on them being in Hebrews chapter 11. But I want us to ask the question tonight, what sets Enoch apart? Why is Enoch someone who is? Uh, why is Enoch someone who is who's brought up? Why is Enoch someone? Think about this. There're only two people in the history of ever who are human beings who did not die. Enoch is one of him as uh, one of them. What sets Enoch apart? What makes Enoch Different. The thing that set Enoch apart is that Enoch moved onward from life long before God took him. The thing that set Enoch apart is Enoch moved onward from life long before God ever took him. Enoch was so not focused on the world, he was so focused on, on God that in his heart, all he could do was sit there and say, I'm ready to be with you, God. So we wonder, why did Enoch get taken by God before he died? He wasn't honored from the world when he was taken. He was honored from the world throughout his entire life. And while we might not be people, And I don't want to put limitations on God. He could take us all right now while we're still alive. Um, But while we might not be people in our day and age that are going to get taken while we're alive from this earth for walking with God, that doesn't change the fact that we can live our life having already moved onward from this world. That we can live our life in a place where we say, you know what? This world, it's here. I'm past it. My mindset, my who I am, is way beyond this place here. I'm fully focused on the life that's ahead of me. If we can get that, we will have a beautiful life in heaven ahead of us. We must have faith. We must walk with him and be devoted with, to him. And then we will move on from this world.